Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. My guest today is Dr. Shyam Slonky. Sham is a postdoc in the Department of Crop and Soil Sciences at WSU Pullman. He completed his PhD in plant pathology with Dr. Robert Brueggemann at North Dakota State University in 2018 and then came to WSU in 2019. He recently joined Dr. Karen Sanguinade's lab to continue his pursuit of science in the field of plant biology. His scientific curiosities are currently focused on understanding how plant stress response genes regulate the molecular signaling taking place during the interactions with biotic and abiotic factors. Hello, Shyam. Hi, Drew. Thanks for uh, having me here. I appreciate you coming and, and visiting with me about your, your research. So um, talk a little bit about what you did maybe uh, back at North Dakota State and then move into what you're doing currently. Well, uh, what is Fusarium head blight disease? which is something I believe you worked on at North Dakota State, and how does it affect the quality of small grain crops? So talking about what I did in North Dakota State, uh, I did my PhD from there, and then after two years of postdoc with Dr. Bob Brookman, who okay. is now barley breeder at WSU. And I mostly work on stem rust, but a part of that I also explored some other pathogens, and one of them was very interesting, the fusarium head blight, which I worked quite a lot. And talking about fusarium head blight, which is also commonly known as scab, is a fungal disease of cereal crops, particularly small grains like uh, wheat, rye, uh, barley, and oats. And this disease is caused by uh, many fungi in the genera of fusarium. But the most uh, uh, important in the North America is fusarium graminarium. And to be very honest, this pathogen not only affects the production problems, but also uh, affects the quantity as well as the quality of the grain by producing the mycotoxins, and which makes uh, which poses a serious concern if ingested by humans and animals. Okay, so it's a problem in many of the small grains. Why is it uh, particularly problematic in, in malting grains? So as we all know that barley is one of the most uh, used grain in the malting in industry, a part of other grains like wheat, uh, triticale, as well as rye. And barley is also infected by fusarium graminarium and causing the head blight disease. So in the malting industry, actually, the malsters, they pay a premium price because they wanted very clean seed for malting process. And uh, as I mentioned before, like if barley is getting infected with fusarium, which can produce mycotoxins, particularly deoxynivalinol, commonly known as vomitoxin, then it is very hazardous to health as well as it produces the gushing problem in beer, which is kind of a spontaneous eruption and which nobody likes it, right? <laughs> so, yeah, so it it is a problem for the malting industry. And uh, in fact, like us, I think it's less than 0.5 uh, milligram per kilogram of the seeds of Dawn is acceptable. 
but sometimes molsters they have uh, like observed that even if you use the grains which has the permissible limit of dawn and you use them for malting they somehow produce uh, like unpermissible limit of uh, dawn content in the final malt produce and having this problem in fact like uh, they contacted dr dr paul schwarz who is a serial chemist back in north dakota state university and that's how the story got a little bit interesting when he uh, contacted bob brugman who was pathologist over there and then we uh, collaborated on this problem and then investigated how the increased dawn content is related with uh, pathogen presence in the uh, malting grains Okay. So I guess the next time I open a bottle of beer and it just all comes foaming out, I can I can blame Don and not the fact that I shook the bottle too much. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's true too. Like, but yeah, don't shake it too fast. <laughs> no, sometimes. I won't. But, but, but I have a good excuse now if it happens. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, so I learned something here today. How, how do you show that the increase in fusarium biomass is related to elevated mycotoxin content uh, in the malt? So it was an interesting problem, and most of the interesting problems, they uh, require an ingenious solution. So what we did is we used two different approaches to show that how the elevated dawn content in the malting grain is related with the increased amount of fusarium uh, pathogen growth. Uh, first, uh, Dr. Schwarz and Dr. Zhao Jin uh, at NDSU, they, have, uh, they quantified the amount of dawn present in the malting grain and they have also quantified the tri-5 uh, DNA amount, which is responsible for producing the dawn. And this is coming from the pathogens. And they have found out that uh, during the malting process, the increase in the tri-5 DNA is related with the increased dawn content. And But we still couldn't uh, identify where the pathogen is hiding in the seed kernel. So that's where our lab and our expertise came in the picture. And I and other people in our lab, particularly Dr. Ghazala Meen, she is currently a postdoc in Dr. Bob Brugman's lab. And uh, we tried to use confocal microscopy to identify where the pathogen is present. And we also use a sequencing approach to make sure that what we are seeing is actually the fusarium, not other pathogen. And uh, doing this, we made some interesting observations. And one of them was uh, to identify that in some of the seed kernels, the pathogen fusarium graminarium is actually present in the internal seed layers. And because of its internal presence, it can avoid the harsh treatment during the malting process. And then once the germination steps in the malting process that happens, then pathogen has a very happy environment for its growth and increases its amount and eventually produces more amount of dawn, which makes the final malt sometimes unusable for the further uh, brewing. Okay, I was going to ask you how, how it escapes the, the malting process because that's you'd think that might destroy some fungus if it was sitting on the outside. Huh? Yeah, exactly, because uh, this is a very, uh, like, it's not a very new information. Malsters already knew that sometimes dawn increases during the malting process, but they mostly speculated the pattern is either on the husk layer or on the upper seed coat layer. But we find out that little bit amount of pathogen is present uh, inside the seed layer, which is protecting it. And the interesting thing is it's uh, sometimes the resistant uh, barley seeds, they also have this pathogen. So we, I think like uh, Dr. Schwarz and Dr. Uh, Bob Brugman, he thinks that 
maybe because of uh, some varieties uh, are grown in some specific areas where patent pr pressure is sometimes higher because of the congenial environment conditions. And that's how it uh, helps as a seed amount, which uh, like increases the overall fusarium after the malting process. Okay. So what are some of the major limitations of the, pro of the approach you took and, and how do you plan to address them in the future? So one of the major limitations of our work is uh, related advanced uh, technical know-how and expertise. As I mentioned, we used uh, microscopy as well as sequencing approach, which is not always readily available and not people are always having uh, the expertise to run them properly, especially considering how we will be uh, like taking this approach and helping the masters. I don't think so at present it's possible to have the confocal microscopes installed in every brewery. But what we can do is we can use the quantitative uh, PCR approach to identify how much of fungal DNA is present. And we can also use uh, isothermal uh, DNA amplification, which just require a like a water bath at 60 degrees or so. So that can be a very practical approach to identify the fungal DNA contamination in the uh, like seed kernels. Okay. So, so what were the key takeaways from your study on the fusarium malting grain host pathosystem? Uh, so the key takeaway is that the initial uh, low amount of DNA, uh, low amount of dawn is not always replicates uh, into the better quality of malt. So we cannot always rely on uh, a low uh, dawn level in the grain as a quality predicted, uh, predictor for the final uh, quality of the malt. And uh, Taking all these things, what we have identified uh, about the increase in dawn as well as increase in patch, and we always we we recommend that uh, the small malsters, particularly, they should be uh, brewing and like malting in small batches. And every time making a malt, they're supposed to testing it before as well as after to test uh, if the dawn level is permissible and not, because the pathogen is highly uh, uh, virulent on some of the susceptible barley lines. So we have to keep the track of pathogen if we wanted to have a quality beer in our hand. Okay, very good. So that, that was kind of work you did at North Dakota State. Now, now that you're in Dr. Sanguinet's lab, what, mm -hmm. what sorts of things are you working on? Yeah, so that is a very exciting move because since last seven years, I work on biotic interactions on small grains, particularly wheat and barley. In fact, our lab did some of very crown-baking uh, uh, discoveries in stem rest barley interaction, which is like well-known in our field. But uh, I think at this point, we decided like, I wanted to expand my expertise and Dr. Karen Sangune, she is a fantastic scientist working on different aspects of uh, like penicress abiotic stress responses. And that's how I thought if I will be working with her, I can expand a little bit my expertise in abiotic stress response and know that field much better and uh, leverage that information to have a holistic approach towards uh, like solving the problems of our, you know, farmers who, who not only want the biotic stress to be addressed, but also addressing the problems associated with the biotic stress. Okay, so on the um, Pennycrest project, is that what you're working on right now? Yeah, so right now we are working on Pennycrest. In fact, just in the morning, we harvested uh, Pennycrest plot uh, from Central Ferry location, and I just ran here. Okay. Yeah, so currently we are uh, collecting the seeds, which we got from our collaborators, increasing them. And our plan is to uh, test them for a freeze test to see that how... Uh, 
tolerant they are for the free, freeze stress because the plan is to grow them when the major crop is not grown that is basically in the winter season okay yeah, yeah i had dr sanguine on uh, the show i think late last year talking about her um her project so people might want to after they listen to your episode, they might want to go back and listen to that to hear the kinds of work that are going to be done on pennycrest. As as a weed scientist, I find it fascinating um, that we turn weeds into crops. What a what a great way of dealing with something we otherwise struggle with. Exactly, that is the science is all about bringing the novel solutions to address the problem, which can be addressed by different way of thinking. Yep. Right. Excellent. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much, Yam. And thank you very much to you. Have a nice day. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications and the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are their own and does not imply Washington State University's endorsement.